Well, today is my favorite day of the year. It's just a day where you can just eat and remember and eat some more and remember some more. It's a perfect day. So my mind is flooded with memories as your minds are flooded with memories for what Thanksgivings were for you. My Thanksgivings were spent in rural Oklahoma on a cattle ranch where people from all over would converge. We had a lot of relatives, and they came from everywhere. They came from cities. They, say, they came from the country. They came from exotic locations like Lincoln, Nebraska. They came from <laughs> everywhere. We had family who just flooded us. We even had one set of family who lived, as we called it, back east. They were really exotic creatures to us. They were from my mother's side. My dad referred to, to them as Yankees, although he was slightly more explicit. <laughs> That's the way we country people were. One of my uncles, by marriage, insisted on every year bringing his favorite dish. It was a bad version of oyster dressing. Now, we were a family on a cattle ranch. We weren't used to seafood, let alone oyster dressing. I don't want to mess up oyster dressing for anybody out there. My Uncle John simply didn't know how to make it. And I spent much of Thanksgiving finding ways of hiding the oyster dressing in various places on my plate or under the table. Kids, don't do as I did today. Every year it was the same for us competitive games of touch football in the pasture, watching football on television, fabulous food, with the exception of the very mysterious oyster dressing. <laughs> Thanksgiving is the one great tradition that we Americans enjoy together. You know the origins, but it's, it's good to remember those origins together. It's good to remember that nearly 400 years ago, a little over 100 pilgrims seeking freedom from religious persecution in England and after a journey to the Netherlands for a time, crossed a dangerous sea to find liberty for their lives and for their faith in this great land. Half of them died that first winter. Half of them died. Those who survived then began a tradition of giving thanks to God for food to eat, for fellowship to share, for freedom that they had found. These faithful people were lovers of the word. The Psalms were their daily prayers. And in them, they found the spiritual food that nourished them through the very difficult times. And it nourished them because it told them of the very character and nature of God. Today we do the same from the beautiful words of Psalm 100 that those first faithful followers would have known so well. Hear these words again. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His faithfulness, his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. The psalmists 
was calling for all the earth to come before the great king, to shout for joy for who he is and for what he has done. To put it frankly, the indication of the text and the way the Hebrews worshiped meant that they came into this holy place like ours and they whooped it up. They came with shouts of acclamation and praise and thanks. They were terribly excited. I happen to notice that none of us came in here whooping it up. We came in glad conversation and reverence has his place. But if it's possible, we could even take it up a notch and whoop it up because we've come into the very place of God to be with God's people. Let us rejoice in doing so. The ancient Israelites came into this temple place like a like a football team charging out of the locker room before the game. That's how excited they were to be the people of God, to enter the holy place of God. That's why we come too, to rejoice in the reality that the God of the universe has a contract with us, an agreement, a relationship, a covenant that has been before us implied to other people and is with us as well, that God would be our God and we would be God's people. And that whatever happens, he will never, ever revoke those promises. This is the promise of the covenant. Furthermore, we rejoice today because we live in a land where that permits and then even this day encourages us to celebrate the reality that God is good, and that God has profoundly blessed us. It's the conclusion of the words of that psalm, Psalm 100, that defines reality for us this day, for those of us who worship the God of the Christian tradition. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. God is intrinsically good. He's full of love. He is utterly faithful. He always keeps his promises. His strength is being. It's perfect. And it's offered for us for our well-being and for our care. To believe that the God of the universe is good is the established firm marker that we approach this day with. It's the ground of our faith. Believing that God is good is essential to understanding how he works. It's essential to our life of prayer. Believing that God is intrinsically good is what we affirm today. It's no secret that we live in an increasingly secular age. Millions of Americans will enjoy this day, and we're glad of that. They will enjoy this day, though, without reference to God or without reference to the values that Thanksgiving originally has represented. There's an ancient philosophy known by kind of a fancy name, Epicureanism. It's really the age of our time. It's the philosophy of our time. It's back again in full flourishing. It's been revitalized again, and many, many of the people we know and love believe this thoroughly. It's basically a system that says if there is a God or if there are gods, they're a long way away. 
they're indifferent to our struggles. They don't interfere and they don't interact with us. The message we proclaim today is that God is very much present. He is very, very much here. Epicureanism says in the words of theologian N.T. Wright that in the biblical story, God's domain and our domain interact and interlock. They bounce off of each other in a whole variety of ways. And that's why life is so often confusing and exciting at the same time. That's the God we interact with. This same author, N.T. Wright, began his ministry as a college chaplain at Oxford University. He tells of his meetings with the students at one of the colleges at Oxford. Before the beginning of every school term, he would schedule short appointments with all of the students of this particular college at Oxford. He would schedule the visits with them so he could introduce them to the chaplain's office and make himself available should they have particular needs as the school year came about. On these occasions, Wright says that he would hear the same comment from one after another of these earnest students. The students would say, Chaplain, it's good to meet you, but you won't be seeing much of me in chapel. I don't believe in God. Wright would then give them his stock reply. Oh, that's interesting. Which God do you believe in? The students would invariably pause in surprise, and then they would sort of come up with an answer of the God that they don't believe in. Well, one would say, I don't believe in a God who lives in the sky, looking down disapprovingly at the world, angry at what he sees. Perhaps occasionally he decides to intervene. Maybe he does a miracle or two. And then he goes back to sending bad people to hell while offering good people a chance to share in his heaven. I don't believe in that God. And Wright would respond by saying back to them, Well, I'm not surprised you don't believe in that God. I don't believe in that God either. To which they would say, Then which God do you believe in? And he would say, I believe in the God revealed in Jesus of Nazareth. Today is the people of God. That's our highest affirmation. We believe in the God revealed in Jesus of Nazareth. And though Jesus obviously came much later, his nature and character is also on display in Psalm 100. We celebrate this day the God of creation, the God of the covenant, the God of the exodus, and the God who brought his people back home. We celebrate the God of the Lord Jesus, who embodied in himself all that is real and true and loving, all that God represents. This is the God that we believe in and the God we proclaim to the watching world. There is no doubt that the pilgrims practiced a sterner version of the faith than we do today. But our nation was deeply impacted by the imprint of their beliefs. But for all the firmness of their deeply held religious beliefs, they trusted that God was a loving, present, gracious, and generous God. They got all of that right. 
and set a foundation for us of faith and belief that we live on still today. Their Thanksgiving celebration was an outpouring of gratitude for God's generous provision of grain and venison and the produce from the harvest. All of it came from the hand of a loving and gracious God. God had brought them safely across a vast ocean through a desolate and devastating winter. They had survived to recall his blessings. So what of our Thanksgiving Day? How will we remember our blessings? Well, in the great American tradition, we will eat too much. It's a certainty. Let's just get over it. We will eat too much. Those of us who aren't doing the heavy lifting of the cleaning up will likely find a chair. We will fall into a tryptophan-induced slumber, and we will spend the rest of the day there. The football games will be on television. They likely will not be all that interesting, and the TV will just be blaring. What else might we do? Perhaps we can spend some time together as family and friends and share some of our stories of gratitude about how good God has been to us or how good, how wonderfully good it has been to be a family together or how good it is to be friends and to share in a friendship with people that might be at our table. We might make a call to a friend far away we haven't connected with in a long time. We might reconnect. We might even think there might be somebody in our neighborhood or in our orbit that needs a friend today, and we might include them around our circle. We can certainly spend time giving thanks for all that we have. Most of us are blessed way beyond measure, and so that should be an easy and simple thing to do, but it needs to be acknowledged. What would be best, though? is if we could go another layer down and give thanks for the God who is not just episodically, occasionally involved in our lives, but is fully engaged in our victories and in our struggle, is deeply involved with us and wants to be so evermore. We can offer our wonder at the fact that God is intrinsically bound to us by his own commitments and actions. We can give thanks to God today that his essential nature is one of love, that his mercies are from everlasting to everlasting through all generations, including those people at our table. His promises are as true for them as they have been for us and those who have gone before. We could today say a prayer for our nation and ask for God's healing and help for our confused and conflicted condition for our shortcomings, and they are real, for all of those shortcomings, and they are real. We remain the longest enduring society of free people governing themselves without the benefit of kings or dictators in the history of humankind. For that, we can give God thanks. And finally, we can resolve to worship evermore this God we follow, Thanksgiving is an important day, but it's an even more critical concept. This day isn't only about gratitude, but our hearts are healed when we engage in giving thanks. 
we were made for being thankful. And our happiest and healthy expression as human beings is when we are thankful, grateful, and engaged with God's good work in our lives and the world. It is He who has made us. We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. We are watched over, and we are deeply loved. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Oh, God, this day, as we gather with family and friends and as we think about our blessings, would you take us one step further and help us to simply say to you, God, for this covenantal relationship where you have promised to be our God and we in turn have promised to be your people, there is nothing like this. There is nothing better. This is the highest thing of all for which we give thanks. And we do so this day with glad and grateful hearts. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.